coming up on this week's call. The most exciting part of our journey now is that we are accelerating our growth efficiently with AI-powered capabilities, leveraging on advanced LLM technologies, building AI chatbots throughout in-home home seeking and home financing journeys, making home search and home financing conversational, personalized, and delightful. Yeah, strong economic fundamentals, although we do have fluctuating macroeconomic trends. And as the election approaches and the outcomes are clear, the property market will respond accordingly. So what's important for us is to monitor government policies, regional variations, to see how the market will evolve in the next year. Hi folks, welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia, or as we like to call it, Asia Innovation. I'm your host, Paolo Aquino. To all our first-time listeners and watchers on YouTube, welcome to the show. Do give us a follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening in or tuning in, so you can stay tuned to more conversations with leaders who are, as I mentioned, innovating the future of Southeast Asia. So let's get right into it. For this episode, we actually have a returning guest with us who has been on our show many times before i will link up in the description their past episodes but really happy to have them back we have none other than the thin home founders dayu dara permata and ahmed aljunid the ceo and cto respectively of the largest end-to-end property transaction platform in indonesia so really happy to have them back on the show welcome back dara and ahmed pleasure to be here paulo Thank you, Bye, So yeah, last year, uh, you, you were on the show on around October. So it's actually almost exactly a year as of this recording. And a lot must have happened. I'm really excited to, to hear from you guys what milestones you've achieved and how Pinham has grown even further over the past year. Perhaps you guys, Dara, maybe you can run our listeners up to speed on what Pinham has been up to since. Sure, Paulo. So it has been a year and uh, we are now at a at the strategic inflection point of our growth. Pinham is a home-seeking home financing and home services platform for first-time home buyer. Globally, we have the most comprehensive service offerings for everything home, covering the full life cycle journey of consumers when it comes to home, from home search in primary property and secondary property, home transaction, home financing, with both conventional and Sharia mortgage options available, home refinancing, and home services such as daily cleaning service, home maintenance service, home appliances repair service. We have been and continue to be number one in Indonesia for primary property search. In secondary property, we have hundreds of thousands of for sale by order listings coming from retail property owners, and it's just the beginning for us. Our listing numbers cross 1 million listings, now close to 1.2 million unique listings in all of Indonesia, more than 350 cities coverage. A property agent is at the heart of our business. We have the largest property agents network with over 22,000 professional property agents. In the mid of the three, and consistently now, our pin home website crossed number one traffic, daily traffic in all of Indonesia for property search, according to Ahrefs. Our pin home app tops the chart uh, as number one for house and home category on Android mobile in Indonesia. Then a few other things, pin value, which is in home property value estimator. We have full nationwide coverage in Indonesia's 514 cities with solid accuracy, 90% accuracy in the cities where we have high density of listings and, and seekers. And the most exciting part of our journey now is that we are accelerating our growth efficiently with AI-powered capabilities, leveraging on advanced LLM technologies, building AI chatbots throughout in-home home seeking and home financing journeys, making home search and home financing conversational, personalized, and delightful. 
Thanks, Darren. And, and we'll definitely get into that aspect of it, which I'm very excited to talk about, the whole AI LLM aspect of how in-home is really upgrading the, the consumer experience for property. But I think all of these aspects of the business that you've mentioned where in-home is very much ranking up there, or, or if not number one, I think we've definitely spent time over the past few years actually diving into each of those businesses. And I think it's a great introduction for those who are learning about in-home for the first time. If you guys want to dive in deeper, I highly suggest you check out those conversations. But I did want to move on to Ahmed and maybe talk a little bit. Now that we've talked about Pinhome, how Pinhome has been over the past year, maybe now we can zoom out a little bit and talk about Indonesia's consumer property market over the past year. Last year, both of you talked about how consumer confidence has remained strong in the property market, regardless of the headwinds. Is it still the same case today? Yeah, no problem. Since last year, there have been some new events that are worth noting. Consumer confidence still remains strong. And the, the reason for that is that the fundamentals of the country is still very robust, right? So what makes Indonesia an attractive market in the first place? Those elements are still there. That includes uh, a growing middle class, urbanization trends, favorable demographics. So those continue to provide a solid foundation for the property market. From a macro perspective, there are trends and fluctuations. Uh, so a mix of positive and challenging indicators. The inflation rate has been declining from 2022 until today, uh, which is an indication that the macro environment is recovering. Uh, there's some price stability, uh, improved consumer spending. The interest rate has also been set uh, by the uh, Central Bank of Indonesia to be at 5.75% at this point in time. So at least that's stable cost of borrowing for businesses. But towards the end of 2022, there was a significant increase in fuel and electricity prices. For fuel, that was more than 30%. For electricity prices, that was between 17 and 36%, depending on the customer segment. Uh, so there is some implication from that. And now when we look forward into 2024, uh, there are the upcoming elections, which injects an element on, of uncertainty in the market where government policies and priorities may change and different sectors may be impacted, including the property sector. So investors and consumers may adopt a more cautious approach and, and wait till to, to view the post-election landscape. Yeah, in summary, there are strong economic fundamentals, although we do have fluctuating macroeconomic trends. And as the election approaches and the outcomes are clearer, the property market will respond accordingly. So what's important for us is to monitor government policies, regional variations to see how the market will evolve in the next year. Thanks, Ahmed. It's good to hear that the fundamentals are still strong as a base on which to grow a platform like Pinhome. But at the same time, there's always these externalities, which you mentioned, and different kinds of fluctuations that need to be watched out for. And I think Pinhome as a company, and I think Dara mentioned this in our last podcast, because you guys started out at a very uncertain period that has built in this kind of DNA to be able to focus on what's important and focusing on profitability, which leads me into my next question for Dara, which is how has that journey been so far in terms of Pinhome's path to profitability, balancing that with continued growth? And you did mention in our last podcast that Pinhome has been on its way. So we'd love to, to get an update on where the company is in terms of that journey. Absolutely, Paula. So our aims for balanced growth and profitability, it's, it's been since day one. Uh, that's been the, the goal. Right, embracing an ecosystem approach to capture the end-to-end -end customer journey, it's not contradicting with that goal. It involves a strategic approach that prioritizes sustainable expansion and, and customer satisfaction. In short, we are on track in terms of profitability. It, in hopefully months time, we'll get there to EBITDA neutral and then thereafter profitable months for in-home. 
there are four things that we're doing right now to ensure that pathway to profitability is there while we're still growing and especially with our ecosystem approach. One is focused monetization strategy. Our expansion focuses on high net revenue verticals that are solving key pain points of home seekers while also serving other property stakeholders such as property developers, banks, property agents. Because if we're only focusing on consumer, but we don't serve the supply side, then we might need to invest or spend a lot of acquisition costs and operational costs on the supply side. We avoid and minimize monetization strategy that requires either high capex or high opex. So that's number one. Number two is building strong ecosystem partnerships. We engage with existing stakeholders instead of building everything from scratch or competing with them, which could be very costly. Collaborating with the best players in the real estate ecosystem, such as the agents, developers, contractors, and financial institutions to create seamless customer experience. This partnership can lead to referral network, shared data, integrated platform, co-branding, streamlining of the end-to-end journey for customers. The third thing is balancing customer acquisition and retention. While pursuing growth, it is essential to strike a balance between acquiring new customers and retaining those existing ones that were acquired. We do not want to underinvest. We want to continue get fresh new customers, but at the same time, we want to make sure they are well retained. So we always measure metrics such as TLV to CAC ratio. We want to maintain customer lifetime value over customer acquisition cost. Retention efforts can include a lot of other things such as loyalty programs, customer support to ensure satisfaction and, and repeat business. We also cross sell, right? And when we cross sell, we acquire user with lower tech product such as home services, and then cross-sell them and upgrade them to high CLB products such as brokerage or mortgage refinancing. Lastly, we're establishing a comprehensive cost management system. So regular audit of financial performance, tracking, key efficiency metrics, operational streamlining, vendor assessment, resource allocation reviews, all of that are conducted regularly, not just in quarterly basis, but even weekly basis. Finding and identifying cost-saving opportunities to optimize resource allocation. And lastly, also scenario analysis. There's a lot of external factors that are very uncertain. And if we activate one scenario and turns out there's some external factors to change and change the whole assumptions that we have, what we do is we basically switch or shift that scenario. And that guides us in our day-to-day decision-making and execution, fostering a culture of continuous improvement and just adaptability. Yeah, I really like what you mentioned about the cost management system. Another interesting point that you brought up is that whole flywheel of bringing in customers through home services and then upselling them brokerage, which I think is, is pretty interesting. And you did also talk about strong ecosystem partnerships, right? And really focusing also on the supply side, not just the demand side. So for Ahmed, maybe you can talk a little bit about that aspect of the business. How does Pinhome view strategic partnerships, especially now that it's a much bigger company than it was two or three years ago? and how you leverage that to, to grow the company further. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely, Bob. As mentioned by Dara, building strategic partnerships is key for sustainable, profitable growth. And strategic partnerships is how we build network tech and defensibility on our platform. And I'll share a few examples. So we collaborate with the best agents and agencies to build our pinhole brokerage marketplace. And while we have our own exclusive agencies, it's essential that we continue to empower the marketplace agencies because they will help to expand our network of listings and home seekers. Every new agent that we add to the platform or onboard into the marketplace will benefit everyone else that's in the ecosystem. Next is we do collaborate with all property developers as part of the marketplace ecosystem. And so every new developer we onboard will benefit all stakeholders. 
their, their inventory will be in the system, all their product knowledge, documentation, marketing attributes will be in our system and makes the platform a lot more comprehensive. Finally, we also collaborate with the top banks in Indonesia to build out our mortgage marketplace and every bank we onboard to the platform will benefit all the stakeholders too, the home seekers, agents, developers, and some of these partnerships are exclusive to us. So for example, in our partnership with Mandiri, which is Indonesia's largest consumer bank, we have an offering that is unique and compelling to the home seeker. And this helps to elevate our brand positioning. Yeah, I, I, I really find that whole partnership building in terms of really building something that's unique to pin home and in some cases, almost like an own distribution. I think that's really important for a business like pin home. And speaking of banks, I think in one of the previous podcasts that we did talk about one example of how those partnerships have allowed folks like freelancers, maybe, or those who have been traditionally overlooked by the system to be able to get access to mortgage financing, for example. So would love to hear more of these customer stories. That was just one example from, I think, two years ago. So maybe, Dara, you have new stories that you'd like to share with us that keeps you guys and the whole Pin Home team going in, in terms of building this platform. Yes, what excites us the most about building Pin Home is that the lives of our millions of home seekers that are changed because of the impact that we've created. Some recent stories, we have seen a 34-year-old digital marketer in Jakarta who embarked on a journey to find his dream property and then finally found her first home through Pin Home. The story is special because she was initially very pessimistic. She thought that she could never afford to buy a home until she was in, a, in her uh, 50s. Uh, she was so grateful that it um, helped her step-by-step step to find her dream home. She started the journey on our app, pre-qualifying herself for mortgage, defining the budget, narrowing down the locations uh, of property that will be relevant, all done through the app, assisted by our virtual property consultant via in-app chat. Then that online process is followed by the offline process. And she was assigned automatically to a in-home agent. And then the agent facilitated the viewing process to multiple property projects, not just one, which she really appreciated because what she thought was she had to deal with different agents in different projects. Once she locked a property project or any unit that she wanted, the agent helped the negotiations as well. So at the end, she was able to buy that first property and make that transactions, track that transaction program. And payments also through in home Another story is similar to what you've heard before. Again and again, we're seeing the underbanked basically serve well through all by pin home capabilities. We have a content creator who got her first mortgage in pin home after previously trying on her own multiple times and got rejected that she wanted to give up. Despite earning a good amount of money as content creator, this type of career is what considered by bank as a non-fixed income professional through our in-app chat with our virtual mortgage consultant. She was advised to use a mortgage pre-qualification feature. She pre-qualified herself in less than a minute. And our algorithm helped to identify the best bank with the right eligibility criteria that would accept non-fixed income professionals uh, out of the 40 bank options that are available at in-home. There's one or two banks that are relevant for her. And she submitted her application online, got confirmation that she's being processed. And within days, getting the approval. And a last story that's quite interesting, also quite recent, is another customer impact story. We have a 48-year-old traditional seller who is in the journey of owning his own home through our rent-to-own program. So this rent-to-own program is a program in collaboration with SMF, which is, is a special purpose vehicle under Ministry of Finance with the mission to basically serve the unbanked 
customers and help them get otherwise impossible in mortgage financing. So it's basically secondary back mortgage uh, through that special purpose vehicle uh, in partnership with Finhome. Now, this gentleman, he, he is now renting one of our home listings for only $120 a month, which he can own after 10 years of, of rental. Oh, that, that sounds really good. <laughs> and really the story also on the content creator, that's really uh, great to hear that you're expanding all, all of these opportunities for, yeah, as I said earlier, segments that have traditionally been overlooked or unable to be financed by traditional institutions. And I think it's a really great marriage of what we've just discussed now, technology aspect, plus all these partnerships that you guys have set up and really making that work for these customers and across getting a house, getting it financed as well. And, and this also this pretty interesting government uh, program that you guys are partnered with as well. And even as you guys are really changing the way property is bought, financed and all that through Pin Home, the advent of Gen AI LLMs is going to change that even further. Ahmed, for you as, as CDO, like how are you viewing these step changes in AI? How is it going to change these experiences that Dara just outlined for us? Yeah, Paul, absolutely. We are always on the lookout to improve the customer journey, all the different journeys that uh, Dara had mentioned. And when we take a look at LLMs and Gen AI, of course, to take advantage of it, we need the right data infrastructure and, and we can jump into that if we have time. Uh, but we really have to look at the intersection of the customer needs and practical applications of LLMs and Gen AI. There are very clear applications for the back of this. So in terms of automating operations, uh, customer service, uh, those are very clear. There are also many roles that can take advantage of Gen AI and you can do it to improve the quality and speed of our work. So that applies to engineering, product, even product design, business, of course, as well in data analytics for the consumer though. Now with LLMs and Gen AI, we have an additional toolkit to solve their pain points. It requires the same product rigor, if not more, when you're considering these types of solutions. And while it's relatively new, thankfully, there are so many new applications that are popping up every day. So there are lots of references for benchmarking. For us specifically, we do see a clear path forward. There are several key consumer use cases that can be made a lot more seamless by providing contextual guidance to those users. For example, in property discovery, or purchase or rent, or in property selling. So anytime you need to input data, there are lots of opportunities. In the mortgage journey as well, we see opportunities to make uh, that journey even more seamless, I even given uh, the example that, you know, with those uh, users struggling with mortgage applications, we still see uh, more opportunities to improve it. And this is all made possible by building on top of our data infrastructure. Just briefly, I, I wanted to touch on the link of all these use cases that you mentioned with what I think is really proprietary to Pinhome, the whole pin value valuation engine that you guys have built. Maybe you could briefly talk about what the implications are of Gen AI LM with regards to this engine that you've been building over the past few years. Yes, the, the right data infrastructure is a prerequisite to take advantage of Gen AI and LLMs. In general, for AI, yes, but even more so for Gen AI and LLMs, uh, where you have to manage really large data, data sets with uh, many different formats and you need the capability to transform them to structures that are suitable for training. So this data infrastructure that we've built and uh, what is needed is that it needs to be adaptable and scalable. And, and now with the field moving at such and tools and frameworks that are available, so we should definitely not reinvent the wheel. So take advantage of those tooling and frameworks where applicable. However, it is a very new field. So lots of tools are new. So in some cases, uh, they are not mature enough and you do have to build some of those components or modules on your own. 
specifically for the core gen AI infrastructure, this really cent centers around the vector database where you store vector representations of your data. So this is essential for contextual search. And this is a foundational component to serve all the various use cases uh, for the end user. So I would say that, uh, yeah, the field is moving so rapidly. There's so many benefits to the AI community due to this large number of experiments that are running rapidly on a daily basis. So lots of new tools and libraries coming up all the time, lots of data sets that are shared to the public. And also interestingly, due to the constraint in course of LLMs, it results in a lot of unique and new techniques for us to work around those. So yeah, tapping into, into those learnings uh, would be essential. Uh, I really like this pragmatic approach that you have in terms of viewing this Gen AI and I'm really excited to see how those applications come to the forefront of the user experience in the coming years for Pinhome as well. Coming up on next week's call. So for Pinhome, I know Dari, you mentioned last year that Pinhome is 50% fintech. And so how do you see this role of embedded finance or this greater interest in embedded finance impacting Pinhome's own fintech businesses? Yes, Paulo, that is really precise that Pinhome is a tech and FinTech out of our businesses in financial service technology. And the reason for that is because naturally, inherently, real estate is a sector that is very much financing reliant. Real estate is a very slow moving transaction that requires complex decision making. And how the users, consumers are making that decision is through conversation. So I think it's really exciting the fact that we have this AI technologies that are essentially are based on large language model that can limit power that conversation. We believe that Profit 3.0 will look like, will look more conversational, that engagement and interactions between consumers and platforms will be very intense. Thank you for joining us on this call. Make sure you get notified on when to dial in by following us wherever you're listening to us. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, toss in a like, and let us know if you'd like to hear more of this topic in the comments. See you all in our next call.